Hello, listeners. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Josephine. Oh my gosh, Miss Wendy. Welcome back to Art Time of the Months. Uh, yes. <laughs> Several months that we haven't done this. The months. The months. Yes. Um, welcome. We have taken a very much needed break. Yes. From giving the monthly breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, but it occurred to me that like a whole half a year has gone by and you and I haven't talked about any of this. I know. And it was time. It was, it was time. It's it, time. It's like that, it's like that, uh, it's like, you know, that patch or that pill you take where you only get your period once a year. Like that's. <laughs> very much so. I mean, like I don't know. Almost exactly like that. I yeah, it doesn't really work like that. Okay. If you had a vagina, you would know. But okay. okay, yes, exactly. It's okay. I'll forgive you for that. We had a chance encounter this we weekend. We did. And how, like, apropos and beautiful that that was where we bumped into each other. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, so we, um, so we both met each other at the theater. Okay! Like... You know, because... Uh, As one does. As one does. What is this, 2019? Um, Oh, my God, right? So, uh, Hassan Minhaj is a comedian, handsome gentleman, and he... So handsome. He was doing a show. It was, like, one of the first major pieces of programming at the La Jolla Playhouse, Mm -hmm. and so I had tickets... And Wendy had tickets at the same Neither time. Neither of us knew that we were going no. that night. And so I was sitting in my seats and I turned and looked to my right and I see Joe and his partner walking down the aisle. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there is Josephine. And so it was just so funny that we were like, of course you're here. I know. And I and, know. and we couldn't text each other because... Because our phones were put in the safety pouches where the... things were silenced. Exactly. Which I love. Oh, absolutely. Can we talk about that? Every theater needs to do that. The last Broadway show I went I went to was Freestyle Love Supreme, and they also did that. Oh, thank. Yeah, that's a good show. That's a good show for that. Yeah. Yeah. And every show is a good show for that. Oh, the yeah. The last thing I want to do is pay $200 for a ticket and sit next to you texting your babysitter all night. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Put it away. So it was so refreshing to just unplug and to be able to sit in the theater and be present. But more than that, what was so poetic about running into you that night was that that was my first audience experience since all this started. Wow. So in over a year and a half, I haven't sat in an audience. So that was the first time back at the theater. And it was like... It was fake. Really emotional. Yeah. It was really emotional to sit in a shared space and to collectively laugh with people. And it just felt so good. And I didn't expect it to like... Hit so deep, you and know? and we were masked because we were, all masked. we were following the CDC's recommendation. Absolutely, thank you, Playhouse. Yeah, and also I just want to like shout out every single person in that audience because no one was a dick about it. Nope. Everybody came in masked, and nobody like cheated and took their mask off once the lights went down. Everybody was so respectful of the people around them, and everyone stayed masked the whole time, and it was it just felt really safe and really. Um, comforting it felt like a big hug to be back in the theater again and how diverse was that audience right it was beautiful it was so great every theater experience should be like that I mean if every time could be like the first (laughs) (laughs) that was not my first um, audience quote unquote experience so when was your first time back to a live experience to a live experience if we're not counting motion pictures we're not. Um, okay, good. So if we're not counting motion pictures, then um, uh, my partner and I attended a, a Pride event during Pride Week, and okay. it was at the um, 
it was at the Episcopal Cathedral downtown. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they had, this was like the day before it was like, LA County is requiring masks inside again. Uh-huh, it was before Miss Delta variant comes out here in, in these streets. Bad bitch. So, um, so it was like, you know, you can wear your mask if you want to kind of thing. And it was beautiful because it was surrounded by queer people. And it was just an emotional experience. It was also like, it was the interfaith coalition for pride mm-hmm. doing their like pride festivity, like their pride was program. Was it like a festivities or was it a service? It was, it was just like, it was like they're, they're going to light the cathedral, but oh, it was okay. like an interfaith program. So nice. they had um, representatives from the Kumyai there. They nice. had... Uh, representatives from all of the all the other faiths there was a you know the mayor came nice. and talked about it. like it was it was very emotional mm-hmm. um uh, a lovely black woman soprano sang um uh you'll never walk alone Ugh. when they did the covid tribute dead. i'm dead already stop yes, dead 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 uh i le- i just feel like us stepping back into artistic spaces is so emotional like there's Mm -hmm. just really no other word for it right it's just so palpable you know and I feel like there's a gratitude there and there's a humility there and that's just so humbling and good and and it feels like home again you know so it definitely feel like felt like coming home yeah and I and that's why I'm like you know I'm so timid to get excited about it because I'm afraid that everything's going to shut down again but please stay masked please get vaccinated so that we can keep this going and and that we can kind of respectfully get back to what we do as artists yeah and um, I mean if you own a business uh, require vaccines require vaccines require mask wearing yeah do humanity a service do us that service girl thank you girl thank you so speaking of us getting back into our thing I proposed the following to Miss Josephine. Tell them. I said, what if we do a top seven for the sevens? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's been seven months since we've done this. Mm -hmm. We have seven listeners who have been waiting with breath that is baited Mm -hmm. for us to say words at you again. Um, And I feel like we do really well when we have lists. Oh, yes. We are a good pairing with a list. We do love a listicle. We do love a listicle. So so we're going to give you a top seven. Yeah. A top seven so far of January through July yeah. 2021. And, and I originally was like, okay, let me pick something. Let me be cheeky and pick something from each month. But then I was like, no, time has no meaning. Time as you said. means nothing. Yeah. We, I can't, I couldn't put this in order if you asked me to, because I don't remember what happened when. Yeah. So with that said... Go ahead and give me your number one. What's your number one? Um, well, my number one thing um, was uh, the season finale of The Weakest Link because I was on it. Holla! Yes, you were. <laughs> I was like, well, let me, let me, let me. I'm so glad you brought that up. Oh yes. my god! So I was, I, uh, you didn't know this, listener. I so. knew this, and I had to keep my mouth shut for so long. Oh my god! It was so painful. I hope you're. You're welcome. Continue. That you are. Thank you for not getting me sued by NBC. <sighs> Appreciate welcome. that. Fine. Whatever. Um, yeah, I recorded. I taped my episode of The Weakest Link uh, in September 2020, and it was the first time that I had left my zip code in months, and I had to drive to LA. Thankfully, my partner came with me, and was he couldn't come 
into Into the the studio, studio. but he was able to just kind of be there and he drove and it was, it was great. We picked up Portos on the way back, you know, and I was like one day at a time. And I will also say you were charming as fuck on that episode. Was I also gay as fuck? You were, you were (laughs) delightfully saucy. You were not blatantly homosexual, but like hinting at it. Exactly. And just charming as hell. And I was so excited. And I will tell you that Lorraine, my mother, mm-hmm. every single week was turning into this show. She was like, I haven't seen your friend Donnie yet. I haven't seen him every single week. And I was like, of course, you're on the finale. Yes, so. of course. And of course. I hope it was worth it. She didn't watch any of the episodes because oh, she would God. only tune in to, to see, see that if you were there. Good. And then she would shut it off if you weren't. Ah. Uh. I mean, that's loyalty. That is loyalty. Way to be, Lorraine. There you go. That is loyalty. I did not win. Spoiler alert. No, you were robbed. Damn it, you were robbed. It's because you were too good. Yeah. I mean, the the funny thing, and the producers mentioned this, is like the funny thing about the show being called The Weakest Link is that it doesn't matter if you're The Weakest Link because they're just going to vote. People are going to vote however they're going to vote. Yeah. Uh, much like much That's like true. our democratic system. I mean. <laughs> I mean. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying I was Hillary or nothing. No, I but. mean. <laughs> but yeah, but good you know Lord. what? You know who won? It was he was a teacher. Yes. So I said good. Teachers need so it. So go ahead, teachers. You need that extra cash. Yeah. There you go. Um it was really fun to see you there though, and you did well. Thank you. And I really proud. hope I come back. I don't know when. If they're going to think about that, but... Who knows? But Sevens, now that you know that Josephine was on this episode, please visit your on-demand programming. Yes. Go to Hulu and Peacock, because it's still on there. I checked. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And check out Joe's episode, because, like I said, he's delightfully charming and saucy in equal measure. Yes. Yay! Okay, my number one, in Mm -hmm. no particular order... All right. ...is... Oprah's interview with Megan uh, and Harry. Uh, was this on your list? No, this is not on oh my, my list. Oh my god, I was I was certain this was oh, going to be on your list. Oh, see now uh, that oh man, now I have to rethink. No, I mean, I'm not rethink. I'm not Don't rethink I'm not your list. It, but Stay I, strong in your choices. Oh my god. Okay. But I, we have much to say about this. Oh hell yes. Weren't so we texting each other? We threw out. Yes we were. <laughs> <laughs> yes we were. Um so Oh, I mean, uh, uh, what do we say? I mean... Well, first of all, Oprah's still got it. Oprah's got it. She is still... It's old school journalism. Very much so. And I will say, like, Oprah has never really been my cup of tea. She's never been Mm -hmm. my favorite. But for these kinds of interviews, you don't want anyone but Oprah. No, no. To be having this sit-down exclusive, right? Like, back in the day, it was like, ooh, a Diane Sawyer sit-down exclusive. A Barbara Walters. A Barbara Walters. A Katie Couric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, like, for this, Oprah was, like, perfect. And Meghan Markle was pregnant with their second child. And, oh, my God, the tea that they spilled. Yes. And the tea that Harry spilled. He's just like, I give zero fucks about my family anymore. Here you go. Fuck the monarchy. He's like, y'all have seen the crown. You know? right? <laughs> He's like, I mean, you know. You He's know like, you goes. know, you know how trash they are. Yeah, You've seen real. the crown. Oh my God. Like the scandal. And also, who do you think in the royal family said the comment about the baby skin tone? Oh my God, it's Charles. You know it's Charles. Do you think it's Charles? It's Charles. It's, I mean, it's Charles or it's Philip. Or it's Camilla. You know. I thought that it was Charles or that it was Anne. 
Oh, you really? You think so? Yes. Oh, yeah. that didn't even register with me. I'm saying. I like that. I know. But I, my first instinct was Charles. I don't think it's Her Majesty, though, because no. they're, they're too close for her to even go there. Yeah, I don't think it was her. But, like, all of the the insight into how nobody primed her for that life, how nobody taught her the British National Anthem and she was, like, Googling it the night before her wedding, you know, like, all of that was really eye-opening, you know? Like, I mean, like... I mean, first of all, like, Fergie, what the fuck, right? Like, right, <laughs> right, right. Sarah, Sarah, you, come on. You, they did you dirty. You saw Serious. what happened. To, and, you're, and you're, like, in that life. You know, you've been in that life for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you didn't think to take this girl by the hand. And right? Be like, hey. I know. Fergie could have done her a solid. Eugenie, like, one of the cousins. So many. All the cousins <laughs> needed to come through and be like, look, girl. Let's hook you up. But, oh. Fuck, James Corden could have done it. He could have, for real. But also, like, just the way that Harry got, like, ten times hotter in that interview because he was like, I'm removing myself from the only life I've ever known because I'm so traumatized by what happened to my mother and I refuse to let that happen to my wife and child. Like, Good for you, dude. Way to step up. And especially given like the most recent season of The Crown where we yeah. got to see Diana like spiral. Right. And and like all of and all of that. And, and here's the here's the here's the season four truth. of The Crown was on my top five list of 2020. Oh, well, I, I, I didn't I didn't know that. I don't know if I told you this. I knew nothing about any of her struggle oh. when she was with him. Oh. I only like knew about her and her, you know, AIDS and all that stuff after. Look at my face. I know. I miss that face. You guys, <laughs> look at my face. <clears throat> I. <sighs> you were such a baby, though. I forget how young you are. I know. Sweet lamb. I know, I know. Sweet baby lamb. Okay, continue. But but yeah. that's the thing, is that like knowing all of that and the way that Oprah, well, first of all, the fact that it, they agreed to not seeing questions in advance. Yeah. Which is huge. Both of them were just like, we're open books. Ask us yeah. anything. Ask us yeah. anything you want. And Oprah is Oprah, so she's going to be respectful. Super respectful. Like, but, she could have really dug in deep. Oh, yeah. And she was so respectful. And even when he said, like, I will not mention the following ever in my lifetime, like, cool. You know to not yeah. press that. And 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 exactly. Like, he, you just because you don't see the questions doesn't mean that you just like, well, I'm just not going to answer that. Yeah. And the, the, he's self-aware enough to know that. But she's respectful, but she also didn't let shit go. No, she didn't. So it's like, who called the baby mulatto? Like, that's... Yes. I, like, I was like, yeah. oh, no. Did we just yeah. not? Right. I don't know how many people I was texting that night. It was so it, wild. It was it, like a train wreck that you could not turn away from. And it was so scandalous, but also like... The truth, finally, you know? And also, like, of course we knew the monarchy was racist. Of course it has been. They have colonized literally all of the world. Yeah. Of course they're racist. Anyway, anyway, that wasn't my top Black seven. people in the UK were like, and... And what? <laughs> what and did you think? I know. And I love that Americans were like, we're like, what, what, what? And we're like... They colonized us first. Yeah, but what are but Idris Elba and I'm like, no, that's no, no, we're not there. We're no, not there. We're yet. not there. We're not tokenizing the one. Yeah. Th- no, no. Yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, that was my number one with a bullet. Oh, love it. It was a good one. 
That was a good one. What's your number two? Uh, my number two. Uh, oh my. Okay. I'm, I. It's number two because so this is something that the when I watched it, I couldn't stop talking about it with people. Go. Marriage or Mortgage on Netflix. Oh, good one. Really, really good one. Okay, I watched. I want to say the first. Four episodes of it and then I stopped. And then you flipped the table. <laughs> I just immediately like turned off that part of my brain and carried on living my life. Girl, let so, me tell you. Break down the premise of marriage or mortgage. So Go ahead. <laughs> marriage or mortgage on Netflix. Is a Netflix original reality show where basically it's takes place in Tennessee, in Nashville. Yeah. And there are two there's uh two professionals. One is a wedding planner. And one is a real, real, real estate agent, <laughs> and they bring, uh, they bring in a couple, oh, good. and the couple oh, good. basically has to choose either their dream wedding or their dream house, and they have the budget for either uh, a, you know, a mortgage, or just one or the other, for the down payment on their mortgage, or they have a budget for their dream wedding, and they got to choose, and they have to choose, and then it's up to um, the two professionals. Uh, to f- to basically like to get bribe a, them to bribe them to, to get a bunch of deals them. exactly mm-hmm. it's like so like they they show them things that are in their price range and they're like okay what does your dream house look like this that and, and then the other they throw in things to sweeten the deal they're like but I'll throw in a free food truck at your wedding exactly you and like the flowers the flowers are free now exactly and then the one who's like the real estate agent she was like do you like this house go and look in that room in there I have like the ghost of your dead father and a <laughs> pinball machine and here you go. And like, hey, remember how you said that you're having trouble conceiving your baby? Here's a nursery you for your future baby. You, right? It's a giant emotional manipulation. It's insanely dirty. And so, listener, if sevens, if you do not live in an inflated real estate market <laughs> such as Southern California, <laughs> then you may actually be thinking that marriage is the correct answer. But for everyone that I've talked to, they look at me and it's like, is that even a question? Yeah. I liked how the one episode with the two lesbians. Uh, the older lesbians? The older lesbians who I was like, they're clearly going to go for the real estate. Like, they know the life they want. They're older. It's fine. Like, neither of them was like, foo-foo, la-la. Mm-hmm. And then... They chose, I'm sorry, I'm not a spoiler, but they chose the wedding. And not only did they choose the wedding, it was the most ridiculously femme, glam, who, like, it just seemed so out of place. I don't know. I hope yeah. that they had a very enjoyable time. Yeah. I hope it was worth their thousands and thousands of dollars, but. And, and let's preface this, folks, where, like, they did, they filmed this show in fall of 19, Okay. And then the weddings didn't happen for, they were supposed to happen like just immediately the next year. Yeah. And some of them happened in like, you know, way later because of COVID. So some of the people who chose the wedding option then like Mm -hmm. cut to the footage of like, we had to scale down because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Like, so every, so it's just also like that kind of, what made it so delicious to watch was like, oh my God, please don't choose wedding. Please, please don't choose please wedding. Please don't choose wedding. Please don't choose, don't wedding. choose wedding. And like you instantly felt good about every single person who chose house because uh-huh. they had a place to ride out the pandemic. Uh-huh. Yes. 
I think my favorite one, again, spoiler, but you know, you knew that spoiler, you were, but we don't care. Yeah, we don't point. care. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one where they basically they they chose house, but they opted to buy a parcel of land and build their dream home. Yes, I remember that one, and I was like, yeah, that's a good choice. I mean, you know, they, she was like, she wanted marble floors, like, and I'm like, like the real estate lady had shown them uh-huh. a house that they liked, but it wasn't like in the neighborhood that they wanted or didn't mm-hmm. have the land or whatever. So they took that inspiration and their money and then did their own thing. And I was like, good way to step out. Way to step it way out. Way to say no to the formula. Exactly. There you go. I was like, why can't everyone get a parcel of land? <laughs> also made every single person that I forced to watch this show want to move to Memphis or want to move to Tennessee. Not me. Not you. No. no. But like in order to buy... A house. No. Um, I will say, though, that I have watched so much Hometown that I've really, e- like, like with earnestly thought about moving to Laurel, Mississippi. Oh, my God. Are you, do you, have you heard of Fixer or Fabul- Fixer to Fabulous? Yes. They're in Arkansas. Never. I don't like okay. that couple. I like Ben and Aaron. Ben okay. and Aaron of Hometown. They're in Laurel, Mississippi. Oh, is he the one with the beard? Like the yes. big berry guy with the He's beard? He's the big bear who's oh. like just darling and like the sweetest cupcake ever. And he's married to Erin who's like four foot tall. Yeah, she's like tiny. And they're tiny. like the cutest together and they're so in love and it's stupid. And you can buy like a giant gorgeous craftsman for like 100K and then live out the rest of your life happily. Oh. Debt free. Yeah. I, I, I can't. No. I can't. Anyway. Okay. We're, we're getting off topic now. Yeah. My second... My second item of 2021 so far also includes a what the fuck clause. Oh, no. I know. So I want to talk about the Oscars at Union Station. Okay. Was this on your list? This is not on my list. Okay. No award shows are on my list. Okay. This, okay. Um, so the Oscars were done. They kept the date in April. Was mm-hmm. it April or March? It was. Um, Time means nothing. It was April. April. Yeah. And so everyone was like, how are they going to do this? What the hell? Whatever. And they had it at Union Station in LA. So normally it's at the Kodak. It's like very famously inside this big, beautiful theater. And also the Academy of um, of motion pictures was set to open their museum this mm-hmm, year too. Mm-hmm. That got delayed, obviously. So, cut to Union Station, and everyone's like, "Why the fuck are they doing this at the train station?" First of all, have you been to Union Station it's in beautiful. LA? It is the most gorgeous Art Deco building ever. David Tutera did a um, did a wedding there yeah. in one of his shows. Gorgeous. Yeah. It's stunning. So what they did with it, the way that they laid out the space was they had an auditorium space that was at like a third capacity or something and they really spaced out the tables and everyone was masked and it was done just really, really beautifully. But then there were outdoor spaces is also at Union Station that like they set up with like lawns and tables and so it really felt like an indoor outdoor thing. It definitely felt like the Oscars light. Yeah. You know, but it was also a like we're gonna still do this. We're gonna get yeah. this done. I actually I actually really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I liked how they spaced it. Like I, I everything the timing was good. Yep. I loved how Regina King opens it. Mm-hmm. They still had no host. Um, but I love that Regina King walked through the entire like walkway of Union Station, which is so gorgeous, and kicked off the whole thing. And this also 
happened in the day or two following the Derek Chauvin um, mm-hmm. uh, ruling, which found him guilty, thank God. So it was great for her to speak on that and to speak to, you know, the incredible, the magnitude of the racial pandemic that we were still currently in. So it was, it was just really, really poignant to kind of kick it off like that. Here's my what the fuck moment. My what the fuck moment was the best actor award going to Anthony Hopkins instead of Chad McBoseman. But it's not that I disagree with the win. It's that I disagree with how it was produced. So they rearranged, they don't normally end with that award. No. They end with best picture. Yeah. So I was watching it and they did best picture and I was like, wait, but they haven't said best actor yet. What the hell, right? So of course everyone was expecting Chadwick Boseman to win posthumously, which Mm -hmm. would have been amazing. But also like, A, I don't think that that was a best actor role that was a supporting role so I was confused as to why he was nominated in that category and then they did this like it was going to be this big finale to honor Chadwick Boseman and that that's how the ceremony would end and then Anthony Hopkins won and he wasn't there and he wasn't present now I will say this I Months later, saw the father on a plane. I saw it on a plane. <laughs> She's so, back on I'm a plane. <laughs> on my first plane, I saw it. So I finally saw it, and he was phenomenal. He deserved the Oscar. He really did. Like, I have no qualms with him winning. But the way that they fucked up the Oscar ceremony to do it like that, yeah. I was like, Mm-mm, producers, uh-uh, do better. Yeah, I was like, wow, they really, I mean, first of all, it goes to show that it's not rigged. Like, they, yeah. don't, they don't know the results. Nobody knew. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know the people at PricewaterhouseCoopers are like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, they, all of the goodwill, I thought, was out the door, mm-hmm. out the window, when I was like, oh, Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. not even there. And then, all right, good night. Yes, and that was it. It was like literally a hop, skip, and a jump, and we're done. Bye. Yeah. It was really weird and anticlimactic at the end, but but it felt like a moment yeah. though because everyone was expecting it to be huge, and then it just didn't. Did you like Glenn Close doing debut, debump, know. or whatever it was called? <laughs> I it had moments. The ceremony had moments. I thought that that was tacky and staged, but yeah. but I also am like, good on you, Glenn Close. You're fucking amazing. Yeah. Because she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, she can. She can wear gloves. She can. Yeah. Yep. She was flirting shamelessly with Daniel Kaluuya. Okay. Who wouldn't be? Shoot your shot. Also, another what the fuck moment. Can we talk about Daniel Kaluuya's Oscar speech? Mm -hmm. Talking about his parents having sex, and then there he was. Like, it was just... It was weird and... Like... He had no idea. (laughs) He had no idea. Like, you would think that if you're you're nominated, you would prepare something, right? Yeah, he also, like... (laughs) And to and like it just was the trend of the award season because Daniel Kaluuya also got messed like fucked over in the SAG I believe because yeah. they cut his mic. Yes. Or, yeah. 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 So or the Golden Globes or something. Yeah. Like that. Something yeah. he was muted and they weren't unmuting him and it's like okay well yeah um, fine yeah just a really weird 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 shit. Um, okay, so that's my second one. What's your third? My third is <laughs> this is gonna this might sound. 
far-fetched. I'm so excited right now. By the way, yeah. we don't share these lists with each other in no. advance. So Mm-mm. all of these are surprises. Go ahead. Mine is uh, the 2021 Eurovision Song Contest. I'm glad that you're bringing this up because I never watched it and I know very little about it. So please explain. I understand the pop culture hype behind it, but I've never gotten on board. Okay, explain. so as a cultural gay, right? As a gay who <laughs> is is cho- is you know choosing a life of culture, I am very like you know on the periphery of like the Eurovision Song Contest. And so basically, for those who don't know, Eurovision Song Contest is a, um, basically it's like American Idol, but for most of Europe, uh, sponsored by like the European Broadcasting Coalition mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. And it, they every country sends one uh, act with one song to go compete. And then after several rounds of doing the same song, they go to a final round and the final is like 20 countries doing this one song. And then there's all of the countries sing the same song. All of the countries sing each. Uh, they're all singing different songs, but, but it's they're, the one song but that it's, got them there. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So every country does that. And then when you get to the voting, so the voting portion of it also takes a while because there's two f- sides to the voting. The first side is that the, each country's jury of like, professionals like a jury of like music professionals and journalists and stuff Mm. they vote on who they want to send their votes to so they give they have each have like x amount of votes and then they send like whoever gets the most votes it's like we give our 14 votes to this country Mm. and then the rest of us this country and so on and so forth it sounds like the Democratic National Convention. It's ex- it's it's actually really it's is actually it very a lot like much that. Like that? Yeah. yeah, it's very much like that. And then the second half of the voting is at home. Okay. So people vote. And then I would imagine that that would be tricky because you're dealing with the world's time zones, right? Exactly. So or Europe's time zones. Europe's time zones. So it's interesting because like it's like most of Europe plus Israel and Australia. Okay, well, those are different time zones. Very different time zones. And the reason why the Eurovision Song Contest is a big deal is because it's going on for decades. The most famous act that came out of Eurovision is ABBA. Their song was Waterloo. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And so this actually comes with a really cool story. So the, the... when my sister visited for my birthday, it was the first time I saw my younger sister in a year and a half. Uh-huh. She survived her deployment. You know, we all have vaccinations, COVID stuff. Yeah. So she came for my birthday and she usually does. And it's also, you know, her excuse to see the family. Uh-huh. And she was telling me, we were watching the Oscars uh-huh. and she was um, all of a sudden started singing the best song um, Oscar from the Will Ferrell, Mitchell McAdams movie, the yeah. Eurovision Song Contest, yeah. uh, the story of I Have Fire Saga. Uh-huh. And I was like, how do you know that song? And it's like, because I watched the movie. And she was like, okay, cool. And then, I, and then like a couple of days later, I was like, oh, hey, the Eurovision Song Contest is actually going on. Like, do you want to watch it? And she said, oh, it's a real thing. She had no idea yeah. it was real. And so I watched the movie too, did a really good job of like what, and then watching the movie and then watching the actual song contest, uh-huh. it did a really good job of like being a very fitting tribute, but also they didn't need to do like they didn't need was to it a play parody? it up. It was a it was a parody, but they didn't really need to parody it much because a lot it a was lot of very it's so ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah, so we watched the entire 
Eurovision Song How, Contest. So in length, it's what like is the five entire? hours. Well, we watched the final, which is like five or six hours. The final is five or six. The five hours. or six, and it was it was like two. It, it was like half the time was just the voting. Oh, because it took forever. Interesting. Um, yeah. Ooh, but you were invested. And was, was that invested. happening in real time? It was happening live. So okay. we were watching. So it was like an afternoon. Uh-huh. And we were just like there and watching. And, and, the, and the thing is, too, is that we're... The thing about it is that, like, the joke about Eurovision that they made in the movie um, was that, you know, no one wins if they don't sing in English. So if they're singing... Is in that Paris, true? It, it's kind of true. Okay. It, it's kind of true because the f- I was definitely not concerned. I was definitely not interested in in the songs that were not in English, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like you know, I also like a lot of really fun pop songs, and so that's I was in my wheelhouse entirely. Nice. And so we were watching it, and then we were trying to figure out like, okay, so is this person is this person's the like from Malta? So she's the Maltese Lizzo. And, you know, oh, this person is like, you know, Megan Trainer, but she's from Lithuania yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Cool. Nice. So, yeah, it was fun. And Good. and then it ended up being, <laughs> we ended up uh, actually paying off a little bit because um, we had no idea who the person who won or the team that won was Italy. Uh-huh. And they hadn't won in a while, but mm-hmm. they won. It, they won. And they don't get anything. They their country gets they the. They just do it for the exposure. They just right? do it for the and exposure. For bragging rights. Bragging rights. They may get you know other acclaim later, mm-hmm. but then that country that wins hosts it for the next year. Oh, okay. But they don't win any kind of like recording deal or no. anything like that. No, that's n- it's just the pride of their country. The pride of country and exposure. And World exposure. exposure. Exactly. It's like the Olympics, but for sure. like pop music. Okay. And so there was some controversy controversy afterwards because when they're announcing the voting, the team that won was from Italy, the band that won from, from Italy. And there was a video circulating that looked like he was sniffing Coke. I heard about that. But he wasn't. He actually, like, if you watch it, he he said that he dropped a glass and it broke. And he was like, he didn't, and he like, oh, like, the way he picked it up, it made it look like he, like, bent over, took a hit, and then came back up. (laughs) But he, but he was like, I'm going to go to do, I'll I'll do a drug test. Uh Uh-huh. Like, because he also, uh, talking to our dear friend Justine, who lives Uh in Italy, she said that a lot of her, and teaches young students, she said that a lot of her kids listen to that band. Interesting. And and that their song is actually an indictment of, like, the rich oligarchs in Italy. It's a whole thing. Nice. But yeah, so I actually, I have a lot of, I, I ended up listening to um, a lot of really fun poppy songs from that. Thank you for that education on Eurovision. Yeah. I appreciate it. And maybe next year I will tune in. Maybe, maybe next year. We'll t- and it'll be in Italy. So See? there you go. There you go. There it is. Okay. So my number three is the Kennedy Center Honors, which you know is always like... Yeah, I knew this was going to be on your list. That's why I didn't put it on mine. It's all... Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saving space for me. I appreciate I it. I was like, I knew this was going to be on yours. <laughs> this is the most important night of my year, more so than the Oscars. And I talk about this. I have talked about this for the last three years on this podcast because it is when government pauses to honor the arts. And throughout all of the Trump administration... He, the administration was famously absent from honoring the arts. So it's, it was nice to kind of see this happen under the Biden administration. And have it back. And have it back. And also having it back in the time of COVID meant that normally the ceremony happens in December. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that did not happen this year. So they pushed the ceremony to June. So that was really interesting also, right? Like mm-hmm. a mid-year honorees. Um, and obviously the way that they did it, they couldn't do it in like the big grand theater in like the one mm-hmm. space with all of the honorees on the one balcony. So they had to switch it up. They did it in several different spaces, kind of like they did with the Oscars, indoor and outdoor spaces. And they spread out the events throughout a week. Yeah. But the honorees this year were really freaking great. They were Debbie Allen. Yes. I mean, pay for it in sweat. I, 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 I mean. It, it, the thing I love about the Kennedy Center honorees is that yeah, why haven't why they don't already have one? You don't think about it until yeah. you're like, yes. Why wasn't their lifetime of their body of work? Why hasn't it been honored yet? Yeah, right. Okay. So amongst the honorees, Debbie Allen, mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, he's ninety years old. Why wasn't he Legend. honored yet? Legend. Like holy crap, right? Um, Midori, who is um, a violinist, mm-hmm. very world famous violinist, but she was the one that I was like oh, I'm learning about you. <laughs> There's always one where I'm like, I don't know who you are. And then I learn. But and I must I get learn about you. about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Joan Baez. Yeah. Rad. Right? Super great. And then Garth Brooks. Now, this was, this was the surprise for me because <laughs> I was tuning in like solely for Dick Van Dyke and Debbie Allen. Mm-hmm. I was here for it. I needed to see the chimney sweep dance. I needed a tribute to fame. I ne- I needed all of you it. You needed their like to have like a dance off between I, them. I, mm, yes. Okay. And then Dick Van Dyke rolling in there all like old in his jazz shoes. He wore his jazz of course shoes he did. Of to the Kennedy did. Center. I can't, I mean dead right. Okay. Don't you want to wear your jazz shoes to the Kennedy Center? Honors? I mean, clearly I am. So, what surprised me the most. <laughs> Was, was Garth Brooks and how incredibly emotional he was throughout the entire ceremony. And I was watching with our dear friend LaTanya and y'all know that when I watch the Kennedy Center Honors, I like ugly cry throughout, audibly crying, yeah. like it's like not shoulders heaving. It's people giving <laughs> like these yeah. titans of, art like their flowers exactly yes everyone gets their flowers it's a very big damn deal right so i'm weeping throughout this whole thing and garth brooks is the last one who's honored garth brooks is weeping through his whole honored like package and latanya turns to me she goes that's your soulmate who knew Who knew Garth Brooks was my soulmate? Anyway, so it's your love. No, that's not Garth Brooks. That's, I don't know. That's Tim McGraw. I don't know. But oh my god, like everything. That's your soulmate. I just love it because it's just always so beautifully done, and I love like when artists honor each other. There is such a gift in that, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. there is no greater gift than being honored by your peers and it's just so beautiful. And so, so kudos to the Kennedy Center for doing it their way and still getting it done. And Did the Bidens attend? Um, I Probab- don't believe that they Probably did. not, yeah. I don't think so because I think these honorees were named under the Trump administration but they weren't honored until now. Mm, I see. I don't think that that would have anything to do with the Bidens not attending, but still. Um, And then the new honorees, y'all, the new honorees Mm -hmm. include 
Bette Midler. <laughs> look at my face. Gagged. Tears. Look at my face. Tears. Oh, my God. Look at my face. Barry Gordy. Joni Mitchell. Um, Lorne Michaels. Yeah. Like, that's a long overdue one, right? That's and, really long overdue. Yeah. And Justino Diaz, who was the first um, opera singer in the Kennedy Center. Right? Like, that's hell? amazing. I know. So, Justino will be the one that I learn about this year. <laughs> <laughs> but the, this is your The More You Know honorary. The More You Know. <laughs> but Barry Gordy, Lauren Michaels, Bette Midler, Joni Mitchell, like, it's going to be a huge lineup this year. And so, like the Olympics, they are getting back on schedule. <laughs> and so, this yes. will be in December <laughs> of this year. So there you go. So that was my number three. Awesome. Um, my number three is uh, number four. This oh, is this is my thing. number four. Thank you. My we number. F- my number four is uh, Peacock Original Girls Five Eva. Ooh, good one. Girls Five Eva. <laughs> Gonna be famous Five Eva. Oh my god! Yes. Talk about it. It's it's. I don't. I put it on here, and I was like, "Do I really want to put it on here?" And I'm like, "Yes," because I truly enjoyed it. <laughs> I only saw the episodes that were free for Peacock, <laughs> but I have not paid for Peacock because I have far too many streaming services. That's fair. As is. It's yeah. it's a lot of fun, and and the thing I like about it is that you get everyone playing full out. They yeah. film this in like the height of COVID in New York. Mm-hmm. Like during when it was really bad last win- uh, fall and winter, mm-hmm. and they managed to make it all work. And and, and it's a killer cast. It's a killer cast. And <laughs> this is something that, uh, folks, if you if you watch as much television as I have been watching, mm-hmm. you can kind of tell like how the changes that had to be made for COVID. Yeah, it's a lot more intimate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of we're all in a room talking. And you know, instead then, of like street shots and it, like exactly. crowd scenes, and yeah, exactly, yeah. it's like oh, we're in a house and we're talking. Yeah. Um, and so with this, it's just great because Sarah Bareilles is like, I'm like, she's such a gem. She has the acting chops. She does. Um, Renee Elise Goldsberry. She's is she's a flawless every time. Always. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. She has the. She's still letting you know that she's got the pipes. Yeah. But she also is like. The she has the best comedic delivery. She really does, and I don't think that we give her enough credit for comedic timing. No, she's, no, she's we don't. It. I'm like Emmy, Emmy, give her an Emmy right, right there. I know. Um, and then you have Paula Pell playing, like yes. finally playing a lesbian. Yes. Um, and, and Busy Phillips. Busy Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. And the songs are really good and catchy. <laughs> they are good and I, catchy. Like, I love, I mean, I, I jokingly refer to uh, Sarah Bareilles' music as Secretary Rock. Yes, um, it's kind of Secretary Rock, but that's, that's accurate. But it, like, but it definitely, it's like the soundtrack of like a very specific slaps. part of my yeah, life. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Girls 5 Eva. Also, too, just a shout out, Sarah Bareilles is returning to the cast of Waitress, which mm-hmm. she wrote yep. when Broadway reopens next month in September. So she will be opening that show on Broadway's reopening night. You yeah, know? give her everything to do. I mean, give her all the things to do. So speaking yeah. of Broadway, Broadway adjacent, mm-hmm. um, my number four is In the Heights, the movie. Ah! Yeah. Um, which did not come without its controversy. Yeah. Which clearly we need to talk about. Speak on that. Okay, so In the Heights is the film adaptation 
of In the Heights, the Broadway musical mm-hmm. that came out in, I want to say, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a long time in the making. And John Chu directed it. Yes. From Crazy Rich Asians. Um, and Step Up. And Step Up. <laughs> yes. Um, and I love the way John Chu paints pictures in film. Like, the color that he uses is incredible. Uh, so In the Heights is just, like, it's such a joyous story. And the way that they adapted it for film was really respectful of the original. And the new talent that they had in there was phenomenal. And a lot of the Broadway voices that needed to be like giant and big and brassy could be like Mm -hmm. a lot more subtle in the film. And so it was really, really great. Um, And it, it caught a lot of immediate heat for not representing um, specifically dark skin Afro Latinos. Yes. And, and that was the immediate criticism of the film. There was also immediate praise for the film, but the immediate criticism of the film was, was that lack of representation, that specific lack of representation, because the whole film was such a celebration of Latinx culture and, and missing that huge piece of the puzzle. Um, and, it's absolutely correct. Yes. It's absolutely like absent from the film. And everyone involved in the film admitted it. You know, they stepped up when criticized and said, yes, we missed the mark on that. Yeah. I, I, I think the first time I saw In the Heights was it was a regional production mm-hmm. um, here in San Diego. And the actress who played um, the actress who played um, Vanessa was black. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, I was like, perfect. Cause I actually was like, really, I'm like, oh my God, this is great because it, uh, it was like a doorway into learning more about Afro Latino culture. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I did read a few think pieces about mm-hmm. like, you know, the, what is the, what's the placement of black bodies in like Latinidad, right? Mm-hmm. And all of that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and it's an absolutely yeah. valid argument. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I also want to save space for how fucking gorgeous the film was. Mm -hmm. And also what an explosion of joy. Like it was a whole friggin' joy bomb that like we just so desperately needed. It came out at the beginning of summer, right? And it was just the perfect summer film. And it was something that just felt really good to watch. And it came out on HBO Max as well as in theaters. So people were able to access it. Um, so while, you know, like both sides of that coin are absolutely true, you know, like it is so heartbreaking and unfortunate that that lack of representation and that piece of Latinidad is Mm -hmm. missing from this film because the film checked all of the boxes otherwise, you know? Yeah. So that was, that was my number four. Nice. Yeah. Um, my number four. Five. five. Your number five. Thank you. Girls I, five ever. My number five is the movie Zola. What? Ah. Tell me about Zola. Okay. So, folks, um, hey, back in 2015, there was a, uh, <laughs> there was a now infamous Twitter thread of a woman who at the time was working or as a sex worker, and it was basically like a 184, 180-something tweet thread about how she met this woman, other this other woman, and they're both strippers, and she was like, hey, let's go 
to Florida, to Tampa, and strip together and make a ton of money. And so they did. And then it turned into like this mystery with so many twists and turns. And so um, Jeremy Mm -hmm. O'Harris, along with, and I forget the name of the director. I'll look it up and I'll look it up. uh, um, But they co-wrote... Uh, along with uh, Zola, the actual real-life woman, and they turned it into a film. Nice. And it is nuts. Really? It's 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 a lot of fun. It's was this re- in the theaters, or was this at home viewing? Th- this was in the theaters. I okay. actually saw it in the theaters. Okay. Um, and it was so good to see like an indie film in mm. a movie theater again. Yeah. Cause you get it in the bigger, it's, you just, you just feel it's it more. Different viewing experience. Yeah. Yeah. And like the things that happen and, and I won't spoil this because this is something that I actually really want folks to go look at. It is very immediate. It's very now mm-hmm. like a lot of the dialogue is, it's interesting cause it's also a commentary on, um, it's a commentary on appropriation because mm. uh, Zola is black and her friend in the f- film Stephanie is white, mm. and she is very much like, very much speaking the you know African American vernacular English mm. in a way that like she's the person who like she thinks that she's a part of the culture, but she's clearly appropriating mm-hmm. it. It stars and as Stephanie Riley Keough, who apparently is Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Riley Keough is yeah. the daughter of... Uh, of Lisa Marie. Uh, Lisa Marie. Yeah. And Lisa Marie's son recently died by suicide. Oh, uh, I believe no. last year or something like that. Mm, okay. Yeah. That whole family man. Oh, cursed. I know. But Riley does a really good job at the woman who plays Zola is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those films where it's like, it's very much like if Moonlight met... If Moonlight met Magic Mike XXL. Wow. Because in terms of like giving you a snapshot into a particular community, mm-hmm. it's the that's the moonlight of it all. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the like wild kind of stripper road movie, that's the magic mic of it all. Interesting. And then with the depression and the sex of the Florida project. Okay. So it's those three films about Florida wow. kind okay, of rolled well, into I'm intrigued. one. I'm, I'm curious that. to hear what you would say. Okay. Uh, you would say about it, but I I really enjoyed it. It's Is it get, only in theaters? It should be streaming now. Okay. Um, but it was definitely one of the like it was a fun indie summer movie. Mm-hmm. Like you get that feeling with it, and the the way the way the tweet begins and the way that the uh, the film begins is like, do you want to hear a story? Like it's got. It's pretty long, but it's got full of suspense. And it really was full of suspense. Nice. There are some triggering moments in it. Mm-hmm. So just kind of be aware, folks. There are some triggering moments in it if, uh, with regards to sexual violence. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's, it's really good. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if it get no- gets nominated for anything. Because okay. I don't think that's where it's headed. Mm. But I, I, I encourage you. I have I... your homework. Thank you, homework. Oh, it's been a minute. Yeah. Oh. This one I wouldn't watch on a plane. Let's I, put it no. that way. Okay. No. Yeah. Anything <laughs> that I know it's too heavy. I'm like, uh. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm I'm vacillating between two that I should that I should do next, but I'm just gonna follow my list as written. Okay. Um Will you give your honorable mention later? Well, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, I will. I will. Um, okay, my number five is the Friends Reunion on HBO. Oh, well, you didn't have that. No, I didn't okay. have the Friends reunion. Right. Um, so Friends is an 
you know, an incredibly dated moment now yeah. in pop culture <laughs> history. Like yes. if you watch the series in its entirety and you can watch the series in its entirety on HBO, um, you know, it didn't age well. A lot of it did not age well, but it was a cultural moment in the 90s, mm-hmm. that 90s, early 2000s that you couldn't touch. Like there was nothing bigger than friends. So for them to reunite so many years later, mm-hmm. which they had been trying to do for you know, since for the last 20 years, um, it was a huge cultural moment. And what was like, it was just really beautifully produced. It was really beautifully done. Jennifer Aniston does not age. No. Ever. In any- Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow also snatched yeah. um, uh, Monica. Courtney uh, Cox. Courtney Cox. Like, mm. <laughs> Like I, I don't want to to be um, like degrading or to any of them really. But like, yeah, like clearly the head. Too you much know what we're done. trying to say. You listener. know what we're saying. Like her face was a little too pulled for me. But um, also Matthew Perry did not seem well with the flippers. His face like, seemed a little too slack for me. I'm yeah. Like what's going on? It was so weird. Yeah. And then also. Um, Matt LeBlanc clearly mm-hmm. aged. Like, of all of them, I think he aged the Oh, most. yeah, because he's got that beautiful silver hair now. Yeah, and... I mean, he was, like, such a sex symbol back mm-hmm. then, and now he's clearly, like, dad bod, and yeah. he's, like, gray-haired, and, you know, it's it's crazy. And David but, Schwimmer like, really looks the same, too. But, like, just so happy to be there. Like That was really, like, and yeah. the reason it made my list was because of the ensemble. Yeah. And the love that's there, and the community that's there, and the second that they all walked back onto that set, and, like, the nostalgia nostalgia and the hugs and the love that was there was still like you could tell that that wasn't faked yeah but no. there and to know that like that will never happen they will never be yeah. it was lightning together. in a bottle yeah. yeah 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 so it was it was really great james corden hosted like the interview portion of it which i felt like could have gone on for like another two hours. Yeah, you know, I like. was really, I didn't know, like James Corden seemed like a really odd thing for me. Yeah, it felt weird. And like the audience features, they had like a weird fashion show moment that was stupid. But like all in all, like I could have listened to them answer questions all night long. Malala. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So odd, you know, but I loved seeing like the Gellers, like Monica and Ross's yes. parents in the audience and like the guest stars, like Janice came back and like, you know. Did you see the reason why Gunther wasn't there? Is because he... He, he was really sick, right? He was very sick. Yeah. And so he couldn't come, but like he wanted to be there, but yeah, he just couldn't yeah, make yeah. it. Yeah, I did see that. Um, yes. And it was, it was just really beautifully done. Really, really well produced. There you go. It's on HBO Max if you want nice. to. Yeah. Uh, number six. 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 I can right. count. I can count again. Yeah, you can. Uh, season two of Legendary on HBO Max. Okay. Now, I will tell you that I watched season one. Okay. I've heard things about season two, but I haven't watched it. Okay. Okay. Season two of Legendary was the best. Really? It was probably better than season one. Oh. And it was mainly because, like, you don't get any of the energy from the audience. Okay. You got it all from the judges. Oh. And it was beautiful. It okay. was chef's kiss. I heard Sade. 
something. Latanya was like, girl, they don't even say shade anymore. They say Sade. There's Sade. There was a lot of... Finger finger claps. I showed my partner like two episodes, and so now we finger clap at each other. I finger clap at sixth graders. (laughs) Yes. It's a thing thing now, yeah. Um, They featured... You can definitely tell Jamila Jamil like took a little bit more of a backseat and really centered uh, Laomi okay. in, into it. Yeah. And there are some moments is where... Is Megan the Stallion back? She is back. Good. But there are some moments where the judges are coming for each other mm. and they get into arguments. Like, yes. it's And that's the thing, too, is that, like, from what I know and from, like, what I've seen of, of ballroom culture, mm-hmm. it's super high-stakes emotion. Like, mm-hmm. this is where... This is where they can play out like the stresses that are going on in the real world. And like, it, it, this is really life for mm-hmm. all of them. And so you see that passion come through mm-hmm. when like La Roach is like coming, like <laughs> there's a moment with La Roach and Tiffany Haddish where I was like, what the fuck? I know. Really? I know. And then like Taraji P. Henson was there oh. and she, she was serving a look uh-huh. and she was like, baby, <laughs> it yes. was a lot of baby. Yes. But the houses were just so good, and they were all really, they were all really good. Nice. I, okay. I I'm I'm curious to hear what you okay. what you have to say. All right. I mean, it's definitely on my list. I'm doing nothing but binging things these days, so why not? Um, why not? And you can yeah, and you can do it in like a day. Like you no, know I will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, my number six mm-hmm. was Amanda Gorman at the inauguration of Joseph. Biden. Oh, look at you taking it all the way back. I'm taking it all the way back to January. Um, Pre-vaccination. Pre-vaccination days. Amanda Gorman was the youngest, the young poet laureate, like Mm -hmm. the youth poet laureate. Yep. Who spoke at at the inauguration. And I I have opinions on Lady Gaga and Jennifer Lopez. And I will... And Garth Brooks. And Garth Brooks. (laughs) Apparently, my soulmate Garth Brooks. Yes. Apparently, yes. Um, so I let's get loud. I go. Oh my god! I I cannot. No. I have expected there to be like kids in cages. Like I was basically expecting <laughs> that repeat of the Super Bowl. <laughs> repeat of the show. Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh my god! No. Ugh. And then they d- and then they separated shortly after. They did. Yeah. They did. I know. And also, I thought Lady Gaga's national anthem was trash. Mm. I know a lot of people loved it, and I was like, she is trying so fucking hard, and no. Okay, before oh. so before you before you go on because I want to hear about Miss yeah. Gorman. The the only thing I loved about Lady Gaga's was the thing, bird. No, not she even was that. Wearing a bird. She's wearing you a see bird. The bird. Okay. The only thing I loved about Lady Gaga mm-hmm. was the fact that um, one of like I had a band director. She gesticulated like Evita. <laughs> she she was very <laughs> she was very much Evita. She <laughs> my I had an old band director who said that he hates it when people clap at the end of the national anthem, home of land of the free, home of the brave, because that's not the triumphant moment of the anthem. Uh-huh. The triumphant moment of the national anthem is and the flag was still there. Yeah. And she highlighted that. And yeah. I like I fell out of my chair. I was like, the flag was still there. And she pointed yeah. at it. And I was like, oh my God, somewhere yeah. my somewhere he's rolling <laughs> somewhere. in his grave. <laughs> he's living. Um Okay, well, I'm glad that you were living for that moment. I was not. Um, <laughs> I was not. I was pursed. You were like, no, that. no, Look no, Stephanie, I no. Was, I was pursed. I was shake of head, no. <laughs> um, but Amanda Gorman stepped up to the mic, and the world was silent. Mm-hmm. 
like everyone held their breath while she spoke and she was poignant and graceful and she said everything that needed to be said in that moment, but in such a way that made us see like the beauty in the world and the pain in the world. And it was just the most gorgeous moment. And I remember thinking like, this is Maya Angelou, her good morning, Mm -hmm. you know, like this was like that moment. Like when Maya Angelou spoke at the Clinton inauguration, like this was that moment. And I just think I have like goosebumps, like talking about it. I think that, it was such a gorgeous moment in American history yeah. and it will be remembered. And it was just a moment where everybody could really be proud of a young person. And, and as a teacher, it's exciting to be able to point to a young person and say, yes, see, <laughs> like, like this one, this, this is girl. how amazing yep. they're coming up, you know? And like for everybody who thinks that kids are a mess right now, no, kids are going to carry us right now. And that was the best example of it. And to have a young black woman standing there Mm -hmm. where not days before there was, you know, the insurrection, the desecration of that building. And also a young black woman who overcame a speech impediment. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's so much that, that needed to be celebrated in her as a person and in, her art that she shared with the world. Yeah. And so, yeah, that should have been my number one. It should have been before Oprah and the Royals really, but yeah. Miss Gorman, forgive me. But I mean, you know, <laughs> you made my list. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight. You made my list. There you go. My last one. Last one. Lil Nas X. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, you did. <gasps> we have not had a single overlap. I'm so surprised. We did. I, I was actually, I wasn't even trying for it. I was just like, I'm just going to pick from my heart. Same. I'm just speak same, from my heart. Same, same, Good. Oh, my God. I love this. So Lil Nas X is having... Get up and twerk on the devil. The yeah. moment. Uh, uh. Exactly. I was like, when I watched Montero Call Me By Your Name... Uh, yeah. And watched him take a stripper pole yep. down to hell... To hell. To twerk on Satan. Yes. Amazing. To, like, sit on... Satan, mm-hmm. like pony up, yeah, and bend over, yeah. Like, it was so hot. What the gays call reverse cowboy? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was so like, and I love how just everyone was like, oh, "It's so scandalous! It's so..." And he's just like, "It's only gonna make me gayer." Yeah, and he's just like, "Whatever." And so the <laughs> subsequent it. the, the yeah. clapbacks afterwards, it's like, "I'm gay!" Like, yeah. y'all, I'm gay. Like, yeah. The, exactly, and I'm only gonna get gayer. Yeah. And y'all talk about dicks so much. Maybe you are the one who and wants to I suck dicks. I love that people are like the meaning behind this, this, and this, and this. And he's just like, no, I just like dick. Yeah, <laughs> it's so plain. It's so perfect. And I love that we're we're living in this time now where we yeah. have Lil Nas X like just speaking his truth mm-hmm. in such a way. Oh my god, did you see the new music video? I sure have. I sure have. Oh, girl. It's incredible. I mean like incredible. Okay, I mean here's the thing too. Like Jack Harlow, Jack Harlow is Jack Harlow. Mm-hmm. He's also very attractive as well. Uh-huh. It seemed out of place, but it didn't seem too out of place and because I love how Jack Harlow stepped up and yeah. like and said I would have done anything he asked me to if he wanted me to be naked in there I would have done it yeah like oh yes. I would have loved to see that too okay yeah so good 
it was it's so good and like okay we so Lil Nas X right having this like moment truly embracing embracing queerness embracing it to the highest extent totally Trojan horse everyone with Old Town Road and mm-hmm. now I'm giving you all this gay shit and then you have like I just keep thinking about like you have Beyonce who doesn't say shit outside mm-hmm. of her creative work really and then you have really? Lil Nas X who he claps back ev- every time every he claps time. back yeah and I'm like and like no disrespect to the queen Mm-mm-mm. but it says something, especially because coming from a young queer black man. It does. Yeah. He has more that he needs to say. Yeah. You know, and Beyonce has earned her flowers. She yeah. can sit back on her laurels, right? Mm-hmm. But Lil Nas X has like so much more to prove and he's mm-hmm. doing it and he's shutting them all down along the way, you know, and he's making sure that we don't forget him. Oh, yeah. And that it's just phenomenal to see. It's he, so exciting. Yeah, he is like... I love that he like got up on SNL and like split his pants trying to pull dance. He's like, I just really wanted to pull dance. Yeah. Like, he, I love like, it. Like gay black men kissing each other yes. and like yes. all showing all the flesh. Yes. Like, oh my God. And then, you know, this is just a segue to talk into the BET Awards. Yeah. Because that performance was yeah. like, it was giving you remember the time yes. yeah. and then hot yeah i mean just so hot. good hot 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 all of it super hot do you want to talk about your honorable mention oh no you have no, a, you have, have your number more. seven you have, I your have one, one more. more yeah go go so i want to talk my number seven is never have i ever by mindy kaling <sighs> have you still not watched this i have still not watched it this is your homework just this has been my homework for a this year has been your homework for over a year and i'm gonna tell you why <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Um, I think that Mindy Kaling is one of the smartest writers ever, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her novels are amazing. Her or memoirs, her essays are amazing. Everything she's written for television is smart. It is topical. It is timely. It is important, right? So Never Have I Ever is loosely the story of her teenage self, right? Obviously not, but very loosely based on that. Mm-hmm. To see Indian culture and Southeast Asian culture highlighted, not highlighted, but just embraced and just uh, just represented, right? Just sharing that experience on such a large scale is such a narrative that we as a world haven't, like as America, Mm-mm. certainly white America, has yeah. not seen before yet in such a, like, a present day... This is the life of a child of immigrants. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to see teenagers who are telling queer stories, who are telling stories of what it's like to be a brown girl, to be seeing teenage stories that are like discovering sex and relationships and awkwardness and but then also like the the familial stories, right? Mm-hmm. Like of like mm-hmm. the ancestors and Oh, it's just so good. And in season two, which just came out, the reason it's on my list is season two, really. Um, Utkarsh Ambudkar is in. He's in it? He is in it. He was also in special. He sure was. Yes, he was. And I'm surprised the special didn't make your list. But is that an honorable mention? It's an honorable mention, yeah. Um, But I've been following his career, Utkarsh Ambudkar, for years 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 and he is now like 
I, I just feel like he's everywhere now. Yeah. In, again, in ways that feel important and representative and exciting and honest and um, I'm glad he's getting his right now. So, um, Never Have I Ever is like entertaining as fuck. It is touching. It's like weepy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's silly, but it's just so honest. And like, especially if, I don't know. I shouldn't even say like, especially if, if you work with kids, if you know a teenager, if you were a teenager, Mm -hmm. you know, these stories, right? You've lived these stories, but also the added layer now of, of being child of immigrants and you know what I mean? And like being now a teenager of color is, um, are stories that just are, are really important and being told and it's exciting. So thank you, Mindy Kaling. Thanks Mindy Kaling. There you go. That's my homework still. That is your homework. I really want you to do it so that you can text me throughout every single episode. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, I have, a t- I actually have like a ton of self-imposed homework. So. Okay, good. Add That's that to your list, Josephine. You're failing my class right now. Oh, no. Don't fail. Don't fail. Okay. Do you want to talk about honorable mentions? Yes. Okay. I have, I have, I have six. Honorable you have mentions. six honorable, I have two. Okay. Well, you go first. <laughs> No, you go. Okay. Me, do you want to give them all to me? I'm going to just give them all to you. Give them all to me. Go. Um, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Good. Okay. I still haven't seen that. Oh. It's, That's homework. It's fun. It's like Anchorman. Got it. And I, cause I had, <laughs> I had a little backyard boogie for my birthday with some friends and yeah. the theme was Barb and Star go to Barb Vista Del Mar. Barb and Star. Got it. Um, Mortal Kombat. Um, okay. you, you know, that sure. you're not going to watch it, but no, I, won't. I loved it. Little five year, like fifth grade Joe sure. who knew only because the boys were playing with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, WAP at the Grammys. Ah. That moment yeah. of watching the Grammys with my family. Hey. Um, and speaking of, uh. Watching with parents. Watching with parents. Yes. Um, the people who made me, me watching, watching with, with parents. parents. There you go. Okay. Um, so this year was this, you know, a couple months was pretty difficult for my family. We're going through some like uh, medical stuff and yeah. um, my entire family, like both my sisters both came in and we were together for like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And we started a series and got caught up with it on Netflix. So we watched with my family, basically what it came turned into. Uh, we watched All American. That is on my queue. It's been on my queue for a while, and my students told me to watch it. Girl, get Because you, you know I love me a sports story. I love me a... I, while I do not believe in sports, I believe in sports movies. You, you're going to like this. Yeah, you're going to like Diggs it for a little... Tay Diggs is in it, right? Tay Diggs is in it. Tay Diggs is in it. There's a lot of intrigue. Mm. It's very... Like, I love the OC, and yeah. so it gives you the OC vibes. Yes, I get that. It gives yeah. like a Friday Night Lights vibe. Friday Night yep. Lights, OC type of vibe. Plus... It's on my list. As of recording this, the most recent season is on, which they did during COVID. Uh-huh. And I think the next season is going to be live. Live, like in a couple months got it so yeah so all american mm-hmm. do it um generation on hbo max also on my list it's ho- it's supposed to be hot right i'm i'm curious to see as a teacher of young people oh, uh-huh. now like uh-huh. the youth now because the i did a little bit of reading generation like has like one of the consultants is like a teen or like uh-huh. is someone who's growing up now 
And it's really smart, I feel, about like how much the phones are used. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of phones in it, but it's also like super queer. Yeah. And th- there's a storyline in it that is hilarious. Like, I cannot stop laughing. Oh. But it's really, it's really fun. Okay. So, Generation. And then, um, last two, la- this is kind of a pair uh, special mm-hmm. and final seasons of special and bonding. Mm-hmm. What's um, bonding? Bonding was the one about like the guy, the gay guy who goes with his best friend. And they and she's a dominatrix, and he and she, he's a stand-up comedian, and he's being he for extra money, he's her like helper. So, so yes, no. so so that's the premise. Okay. Um, the first season was based on like the writer who came up with it. He actually like that was something he did. Uh-huh. His best friend was a dominatrix, and he was her helper. Cool. And the first season got a lot of backlash from the kink community yeah. because it was not. It was not great. It it mm. it was a lot of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. The second season was entirely informed, and um. it actually turns that on its head oh. to the point where, like the fr- in the first episode, of the second season, it's like she goes back to her her mentor Dom and is like, "You, this is how you fucked up." And it's mm-hmm. like, it's also like a black woman, and she's just like, "This is how you fucked up," and I can't teach you anymore. And so nice. she has to go back to square one to learn. And it's it's actually a very beautiful, um, it's a very beautiful telling of like that community. Mm-hmm. And then you know, second season of special was just so much fun. And it's like I can't believe this is the last season. Yeah, was that it? Is that where it ended? Yeah, that was it, where it ended. That's where it ended. I will say, after the second season, I went back and read the book. You and I had talked about the book. You had yeah, read the book. Yeah, the book doesn't hold up. The book does not hold up. And I went, I actually listened to the book. And I was oh, like, shit. You listened to him read that? I listened to him read it. Halfway through it, I was like, I hate this. Yeah. Like, the book for me was not the business, but the series I really enjoyed. So. Yeah. I, I've, he's talked a little bit about how it's grown, yeah. like where he was when he wrote the yeah. book. And where he is when he is a doing the film. A lot of it just film. felt like him as an angry teenager. Yeah. But it was, he was an angry 20-year-old. Yeah, know? well, like, the thing about the book is that they didn't even know, when they when they gave him the book deal, they didn't know he had cerebral palsy. Yeah. So he came out to them about his his CP in the book, uh-huh. coupled with the fact that he's, like, you know, hopped up on drugs and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So the, the, the series is how I want to remember that story. Really? Because I really enjoyed the book. The series was great, and I will say... I I think the most like emotionally pulling narrative of the series is his mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the emotional center of she all of really that. She really is. I mean, I love his best friend mm-hmm. in it. I love that whole storyline, but his mother, I thought yeah. was like the most compelling in that whole series. Yeah. yeah. I when I when I read the book, I I when I read the book, I really liked it, but I only I looking back on it now, the reason why I liked it so much is because I had never read anything like it before. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to do that. Like I wanted to be that vulnerable on the page Mm -hmm. and seeing, seeing how it's grown in, in the series. Mm -hmm. It's, it's also made me reevaluate some of my own artistic practice as well. Yeah. 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 Tell me your two. Okay. My two are kind of many fold, but Mm -hmm. my two are as follows. This first one, I was debating whether or not to actually put on my list. Okay. But then I thought against it. I I don't know. The first one I'm going to give you, Josephine, is Selena the series. 
Oh. On the Netflix. Now okay. here's Okay. Yeah, you just made a face and I made that face throughout the entire series. Okay. The series came out as like one part, right? From like Selena the Child through her marriage to Chris Perez, mm-hmm. right? And then part two came out this year from her marriage through her death, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a part three? I had three? really high hopes for this series. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we talked about this in December, I had meant to put this on our list and we never talked about it. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about it now. I am a diehard Selena fan. Mm-hmm. I have... I'm looking at a Selena cup. You're, yeah. <laughs> Selena reminds me to drink my water every day. Yes. Um, thank you, Ivan, for buying me that cup at 7-Eleven. I appreciate you. Um... Selena is like just a very important like part of like my pop culture like heart and psyche, right? Okay. And of course her death was so tragic and all that. Okay. So the series had all this hype and it was supposed to be done like so like really honoring the family and the Quintanilla story and all of it. And, and so I had really high hopes for this story because while we love the JLo movie, the JLo movie is also trash yes. and it's like so poorly scripted and whatever. Um, so the series came out and the whole time I was watching it, I was like, are these wigs staring at me? Yes, they are. Mm. Are these accents the most terrible? Yes, they are. Am I weeping through this whole series? Yes, I am. And so I was like, am I probably going to rewatch this whole thing? Probably, yes, I am. Yeah. So it was like, as trashy as it was, I'm going to watch any story of Asalina forever and always. Okay. And there you go. But there was some good backstory in this second part. Um about like Ricky and Suzette and Los Dinos and, and stuff like that. So there was, there was some, some backstory in the second part that was, that was good. That was intriguing. Okay. But still, I mean, the series was trash. It was complete garbage. Okay. But also I was totally here for it. Okay. I'm glad that you did not put that on your official list. Why? <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I don't have a desire to watch it. No. I may watch it now. I'm, I'm not going to give it to you as homework, though, if you want to watch something kind of trashy. On a plane? Yeah. I yeah. mean, sure. Yeah. Okay. It would be an easy, you know how the story ends. Uh, yeah. We all know how the story goes, yeah. right? But you learn a little bit more about her businesses, like her okay. business endeavors that failed. Um, so you learn a little bit more detail about that kind of stuff and awesome. how crooked Yolanda was before she turned murderer. Yes. And also, I think she's up for p- parole next year. Or no. Year. Yeah, I know. That's not going to happen. Um, okay, so that was on my honorable mention list. And also on my honorable mention list was um, the Jeopardy guest hosts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because there have been some really good ones and there have been some that hurt my ears like nails on a chalkboard. Um, but the ones that I love the most, the very, very most are... Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. who is a sports person. Yes. He is a football-y sports person who mm-hmm. is engaged to Shailene Woodley. Yes. But he is sportsy McSportsman. However, he's also brilliant. And I guess he won Celebrity Jeopardy when he was on the panel with Alex, right? Um, and he was a charming as hell host. He was kind of delightfully boring, charming, mm-hmm. and so handsome 
just the most handsome. So handsome. I loved LeVar Burton. He was on last week. Mm -hmm. My mother did not. (gasps) She was like, he's too sing-songy for me. And I was like, do not diss LeVar. I'm here for LeVar. The butterflies in the sky are going to come for her. Right? I know. (laughs) I was like, reading Rainbow, woman. Get with it. Anyway. um, So... So it's been really nice to see like the rotating door of people and every single one who's come in has paid like a lot of love and respect to the legacy of Alex Trebek. And um, I I can tell you I hated Katie Couric. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. I hated Robin Roberts. And I, and I didn't like Savannah Guthrie. And I'm, am I misogynistic <laughs> that I don't like any of the female hosts? Why am I a woman-hating woman? Sorry. I'm sorry about it. But ladies did not step it up. No, they didn't. No. I will say, though, I liked Maya Bialik hosting. And a lot of people did not because they felt that she was too boring and frumpy. Yeah. I mean, she, she, she kind of was serving a little bit of her character from... Big bit. But that's also her. But that's her. Yeah. You know, that's also very much her. So, I don't know. It's been nice to kind of see this rotating door of people, and I'll be really interested to see who they choose. They're supposed to be choosing the next permanent host, I think, this summer. I hope it's LeVar Burton. I really hope it is, too. I know that there's been a lot of cultural campaigning and push for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if they will. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Also, too... I will say that it was bullshit that some of the hosts, some of the guest hosts, got two-week runs. And then in these last three weeks, they only got one-week runs. So LeVar only got one week, and it was preempted by the Olympics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he got the shit end of the stick there. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, LeVar Burton, we see you. We see see you. you. I see you. And that's what I got. Nice. That's my honorable We did it. I feel like we did it. We covered the first part of this year succinctly. We did this well. Also, also too, I don't think we mentioned this in the beginning. We are in person. We are. We are, we are together sitting across from each in other. In a room together for yeah. the first time. In Breathing in each other's particulates. This is true. Yeah. I mean, the, when the quarantine first hit, we came up with our Quarantimes episode, mm-hmm. right? And we haven't recorded in a room since before then. Yeah. So it's been a Which while. Which was like easily... Two months prior to that. Yeah. Two, three months prior. Easily. So it's been really nice. And I feel like our rapport is back. We haven't lost it, Josephine. No. Our witty repartee. I do miss being in this beautiful apartment. Ah, I mean, since you have last been in my home, I have added a wallpaper. Yes. Love the wallpaper moment. I've added, because of Bishni's wallpaper. Mm -hmm. And I've added some new greenery, some new plants, some new lamp moments. I did a lot of home home renovating during the quarantine I like made over a lot of my home anyway you're gonna you need to take me where you sit so like I know what's behind you when you teach the children peoples oh yeah yeah so after this yes I totally will (laughs) um y'all we might come at you again in December (laughs) yeah and January yeah we'll just do this we're just I mean 2021 is Sadly, not as easy as, you know, we thought it was going to be. No. We thought 2020 is over. Thank God. Cool. Okay. 2021 will be better. Yeah. Insurrection. Variants. Jesus Christ, y'all. The world is still a mess. We are still very much in this pandemic and we are still very much being careful. Um, So we're not completely out of it yet. And 
And Lord knows we're still viewing a lot of art from our homes. <laughs> so, But still, folks... Get the vaccine if you haven't gotten Please it yet. Do. Please get uh, what is it? The the best vaccine is the vaccine that you can get. Yes. So exactly. you're moving in the right direction if yeah. you're if you're getting a shot to yeah. take care of yourself and the, and the people around you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the sooner everyone gets a vaccine, yeah. let's get Rona out of here. Oh my god! And or let's at get least back to... like you know the Delta variant out yeah, of here, yeah, so that we can get back to viewing art in person. Yes, please, and around the world and stuff. But in the meantime, it's been lovely staring at your face this whole time, Josephine. Thank you. It's been lovely staring at yours again, I mean, being thanks. in your presence. I mean, basking in your glow. This never gets old. That's not a glow. That's just dried sweat. <laughs> this morning, I have not showered today, so you're looking at like ready post sweaty dried workout I love it it's it's not it's a moment but it's a moment I'm committed to it so it's fine all right yo I love you I love you hey sevens thanks Um, sevens thanks for sevens joining us for our top seven of the first seven months of 2021 enjoy your time of the month bye bye